0: Okay, we're wrapping up our series today on the Ten Commandments, and we've gone through the first nine with the idea that there's more than just what appears on the page, but there's force of reason behind them, and we've talked about uh, the first four, God's intentions for us to come to him. And then the next ones, of course, our family becoming primary in what we do, and then our treatment of other people. And we come to number 10, and we're in Exodus chapter 20, of course, like we have been. And we come to the last one, number 10, it's in verse number 17. Exodus twenty seventeen. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. And so that's the last one, number 10, thou shalt not covet. Now we did one a couple of weeks ago, thou shalt not steal, all right? But this one is thou shalt not covet. When we talked about stealing, thou shalt not steal, we said that God gave things to us. What do we have that we haven't received? God's gifts to us, and so be thankful for what we have and don't take what doesn't belong to you. But when we come to coveting, it's much more a concept of a a way of thinking then thou shalt not steal matter of fact it probably is a driving force in thou shalt not steal more than anything else and so he says thou shalt not covet to covet means to want ardently something that belongs to someone else it's not just to say well that That's a nice house. No, it's it's to want it ardently. We want it desperately. It's an intense desire that we have, and we want it bad. I want it bad. And so he's talking about coveting and that deeper problem. It really is the deeper problem uh, behind the way we think This is a deeper problem. You say, well, what's what's behind it? What's the idea? Well, take a look at what Jesus said. uh, Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Jesus tells us something about coveting. And it's Luke chapter 12. And you've heard this verse, I'm sure, a lot of times. But maybe you forget the part in the beginning when Jesus is setting it up. Luke chapter 12 verse 15. And he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. He says you've got to beware of this problem. This is going to be a real problem. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things that he possesses. And so he says if you're looking for Life, you want to know about life. You want to know how do I live life? I'm going to live my life. How do I live my life? What do you do? He says, You got to beware of this because you will tend to uh, put things out of balance with covetousness. And he says, uh, The value of your life is never going to be geared by what you own, how much you own. He said, it's never going to be that. And so in the commandment, he says, well, don't covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, your neighbor's servant, your neighbor's ox, your neighbor's ass, anything that belongs to your neighbor don't get looking at it and saying this. And here's, here's where the word comes in. I like their life better than mine. The way they live, what they have, I like it better than I like my own life. And I really want it bad. And so it comes into a couple ideas. Number one is there are bad ideas false ideas that we embrace in covetousness. and They're included under the idea I'll be happy if I'll be happy if if I had my neighbor's house I'd be happy. If I had my neighbor's wife I'D BE HAPPY. IF I HAD MY neighbor's HUSBAND, I'D BE HAPPY. I'D BE HAPPY WITH ALL all THOSE THINGS. IF I HAD A DIFFERENT WIFE, IF I HAD ANOTHER HOUSE, IF I HAD A DIFFERENT CAR, IF I HAD SOMETHING BETTER, SOMETHING DIFFERENT, THEN I'LL BE HAPPY. THAT'S WHAT WILL MAKE ME HAPPY. AND THOSE ARE FALSE IDEAS BASED ON THE QUESTION, HOW CAN I BE HAPPY? WHAT WILL MAKE ME HAPPY? can I be happy? And those are important questions. And covetousness comes in with these false ideas and says, well, you'd be happy if you had that or that or this or that. You'd be happy. And so uh, those false ideas are what we got to deal with when it comes to covetousness. And Jesus said, remember if you say, I want a happy life, if I want my life to be the best it can, uh, I want fulfillment in life. All right? So, number two, I want to be fulfilled. I want to be fulfilled in life, and that will make me happy. He says, don't think it comes from some source like that. Be careful of it. What will bring fulfillment into your life. What does that include? And I'm going to tell you something today that maybe nobody's ever told you. Maybe you've heard me say it before, because I have said it. There's hardly anything that I haven't said somewhere. Uh, but uh, I say it to you. In Christ, God says there is a perfect there's a perfect you there's a perfect you and you're all looking at me like what's he talking about there's a perfect you you see think about what happened God made us there's not two of us alike in the whole world and in the history of the world there's not two of us alike You say, well, are you like your father? Not at all. I don't eat out of a bowl, okay? (laughs) I'm not my father, all right? Am I my grandfather? No, I don't know. I'm just me. I'm just me. There's a perfect you. And God looked down. He said, now I'm going to make an individual. Now, do you think God looks down and says, well, let's see, I'm going to make a person that's a real dud. Let's make this guy... HE CAN'T DO ANYTHING. HE CAN'T SAY ANYTHING WORTH LISTENING TO. HE'S JUST A BUMP ON A LOG. I THINK I'LL MAKE THAT GUY. i no, I NEVER SAID THAT ABOUT ANYBODY. GOD GAVE PEOPLE UNIQUE ABILITIES, UNIQUE TALENTS, MADE EVERYBODY SPECIAL IN SOME WAY. THERE'S A PERFECT YOU. THERE'S A PERFECT YOU. AND YOU SAY, WELL, HOW DO I GET THERE? WELL, THERE ARE SOME THINGS THAT WE HAVE TO CONSIDER. Uh, ONE OF THE THINGS WE GOT TO CONSIDER IN THAT PERFECT YOU IS FIRST OF ALL AND MOST OF ALL GOD'S KINGDOM. AND THE THING THAT GOD HAS SET UP IN THIS WORLD, WHICH INCLUDES THE CHURCH, WHICH INCLUDES YOU AS I, YOU AND I AS MEMBERS OF THAT KINGDOM, uh, HE SAYS, IN THAT THING, HE SAYS, IS WHERE FULFILLMENT IS FOR EVERYBODY. Because why? God made you. And He said, if you do what I created you to do and what I wanted you to do, if you'll do that, it'll fit into my kingdom perfectly. It'll fit in perfectly and you'll be fulfilled. And it's a funny thing. Uh, When I was a little boy, about maybe six years old, we used to visit my grandmother. IN CONNECTICUT. SHE A LITTLE TINY LADY, ULAVINA, YOU MAY HAVE HEARD ME SPEAK OF HER, LITTLE NORWEGIAN LADY. SHE WAS FULL OF GOD, JUST FULL OF GOD, LIKE VERY FEW PEOPLE I'VE KNOWN. AND uh, WHEN WE USED TO VISIT THERE, THERE WAS ABOUT 20 OF US COUSINS ALL WITHIN JUST A COUPLE OF YEARS and so it was a big crowd of us running around, jumping, playing, and doing a thing. And we were all at her house, and all the cousins were running by. And uh, she said, hey, that one there pointed to me, he's going to be a preacher. Nobody paid any attention. Nobody thought anything about that. And that's what she said when I was a little kid. Well, I didn't know that. Nobody ever told me that. And so, when we got here, the first Saturday we got here and cleaned up the first layer of mess, (laughs) uh, there was an old piano sitting right here, old piano. And My parents were both here, and they were sitting in two chairs over there, and I said, come on, we've done enough work today, let's sing. And everybody gathered around the piano, and I played, and they sang. I looked over, and they're both crying, I'm thinking to myself, What did I do now? (laughs) So I walked over to them. I said, what's up? And they said, when you were six years old, your grandmother said you were going to be a preacher. And now you are. Well, I say God made me to be that. God said, you, I'm going to make you to be a preacher create you for that reason. And you won't be happy till you get (laughs) to that point. And getting to that point took a little while, all right? But I got to that point, and there's no place I'm happier than right there. And so, in Christ, there's a perfect you, you doing what he said. He said, but I can't preach. Well, okay, all right. Uh, uh, I've seen people over the years here. You say, What can I do? Well, oh, I can bake cookies. I've seen people come in here every week with something homemade and set it on the food trough. That's what we call it, okay? The food trough. And they come in with, every week with something homemade, they set it on the food trough. You say, What can I do? Well, they're part of the kingdom. God gave them an ability to bake. And they use it, and they think more than most of us, because they decide ahead of time what they're going to do and how they're going to provide for the kingdom in this way. And they get the ingredients, and they bake it on Saturday and bring it in Sunday morning, and they put it on there. Why? Because they're fulfilling what they have the ability to do. And God made people that way. He has things that He's given us that we can do. Talents, abilities, you do God's work. Some people, it's God sent them to this world to be mothers. To be mothers. Uh, you say, well, can I be? Yeah oh, yeah, oh yeah. Very much a part of the kingdom, this kingdom... There's two ideas, marriage and family. And when those things are a part of the kingdom, I can't tell you what's happier than that. You come and your children are part of the kingdom, and your grandchildren are part of the kingdom. It's, not, it's just It's a thrilling thing. It's a wonderful thing. And some people are mothers and were born to be mothers and to raise their children thus. I think my mother was that kind of person. She was born to be a mother, and she did. And some people are born to be mothers. You say, well, how does that fit in? You think Billy Graham's mother? How'd you like to be that mother? Susanna Wesley is the most famous, one of the most famous mothers in history. Had two sons, John Wesley and Charles Wesley. That's a pretty high score, all right, being a mother. God said to Susanna, I want you to be a mother of these boys. She raised them like they should be, all right? So uh, that's what God has done. And there was, some people are born to sing. Pavarotti, one of the great singers of our times, and Pavarotti said, uh, they asked him, how do you sing like you do? He said, I'm born with it. I was born with a voice that could sing. And then he said, he said, if I don't rehearse one day, the next day I know it. If I don't rehearse two days, then the critics know it. If I don't rehearse three days, the whole world knows it. And so what God gave you to do, you gotta work at. You got to work at what God gave you to do. You can't just say, I'm so super ability here, I'll just give my fancy self to God. No, you got to work at it. You got to work if you're going to preach a sermon. It's a lot of work, it takes a long time, and your mind goes all day and it goes all night. Two, somebody said, You lose an hour of sleep. I lose an hour of sleep all the time. And it was two, three, four hours of sleep all the time because my brain doesn't stop. Goes and goes, all right? Because I've got to work at what I was meant to do, all right? And God has made marriage and family very much a part of the kingdom and very much likely that if you're going to be fulfilled, part of that is going to be how you raise your family and what you do for your family, all right? And so he said, in covetousness, you would say, well, I'd be happy... If that was my wife or my husband or whatever. <laughs> Somebody asked my wife one day, must be nice being married to Eric. She said, no big deal. <laughs> 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 this is a good answer. Why? Because, yeah, her and I were meant to be together. That's part of God's plan as that family. Uh, somebody else and I no, no, he said that's coveting, all right? You don't want that. Like God made you to be special, He put you with somebody. Sometimes you got to work on that. Right? You got to work on those things, but that's true. So there's fulfillment, and there's nothing so fulfilling as doing the will of God. Right? That's the word. Fulfillment comes in there. Very much. There's a perfect view. You find out what God wants you to do, and you put your mind to it, and you work at it, and you do it. I don't want to be Billy Graham. Well, he's one of the great preachers of all things. Yeah, he is. But that's not who I want to be. I don't want to be Alistair Begg. I love Alistair Begg. Great preacher. But I just want to be Eric Olson. That's who I am. God said, I'm going to make this crazy Norwegian here, and he's going to be a preacher. And he's going to not preach like anybody else. He's going to preach the way I want him to. And so that's, you do God's will, and then you're happy. The question is, can I be happy if? I'll be happy if. He says the answer to it is you find out what the perfect you is. You find out how you fit into the kingdom, and you do those things that make you a part of the kingdom. All right? And so... <clears throat> that's where correct thinking, right thinking, which is covetous is the wrong thinking. Always wrong thinking. You know, I'll be happy if I have something else that somebody has. And you, you, you understand, you know, I can look at your house and say, your house is beautiful, it's much nicer than mine. But not coveted. I'm happy to go home to my little house, kick my, sit in my old rotten chair. My wife says, I ain't sitting in your chair. That's okay, I'll sit in it. My house, I love it here. All right? I'm happy with that. Uh, the question is fulfillment in life. Do you think you're going to find it somewhere like this? Somebody else's wife, somebody else's servant, somebody else's donkey. No, that's not where you're going to find it. And so the warning is setting us up, don't covet or get your mind straightened out that fulfillment in life will come from you doing the will of God and getting yourself a place in the kingdom. And the reason I think our church does well is we got lots of places in the kingdom. I've been to churches and been part of those churches where there's a couple Sunday school teachers, there's a preacher, and that's it. The rest of them just sit in the pews, come and go, right? Nah, that never works. We all got something to do. And somebody here sweeps the floor. Good, part of the kingdom. Somebody works in the kitchen. Somebody works in the garden. Somebody mows the lawn. All part of the kingdom. It's being part of the kingdom. And that's where fulfillment will lie. Now, the false idea uh, that comes from Satan, that's you've got to make sure we, in our discussion of covetousness, is that Satan will point elsewhere. Satan will always point elsewhere. So, in your search for fulfillment in life, how am I going to? be happy with my life and know that I'm doing what God wants me to do, he'll say, look look over there. See that woman there? Man, you'd be happy. You'd be happy over there with that woman. And he's saying, look over there at that house. Wouldn't you be happy? over there if you had that house and he's always pointing and you make sure you understand he never points to the kingdom he always points away from the kingdom All right. i heard something that really is, almost broke my heart the other day and it shows the deception of satan he is very clever he is very clever in deceiving people on this very issue. We want, how are we going to be fulfilled? And boy, nobody is more clever than him at saying, look over here. That's where you're going to be fulfilled. And they had these young people, teenagers and college kids on TV, and they said, uh, tell us what do you think about life? And they said, well, the world's going to end in 20 years because of climate change. And so I've decided not to have children. I've decided that we're not going to get married and have children because who wants to bring children in a world that's going to crash in 20 years? That's a very clever deception based on a lie that humans are somehow in control of the climate. And based on a lie that the world is going to come to an end because of climate change. We all know better than that, right? We know how it ends. Jesus comes and sets up his kingdom. And that's not the world ending with climate change. That's just the opposite. All right, that's how the world will unfold. We have lots of descriptions of it throughout the Bible. We never need to think that. But here's young people deceived under the power of Satan who have decided that one of the most joyful things in life, which is having children and holding them close to you, is something that they don't want. There's no fulfillment in that. What a clever trick when Satan says, Come here. Look at that. You want to be fulfilled. Don't do that. Stay away from that kingdom stuff. Stay away from God's plan. And he'll lead them anywhere. And it's a tragic case where young people are killing themselves. I understand, that's where covetousness can go. I'm unhappy with life. I'm unhappy with what I have. And that's something better. And I can't get it. And I don't have it. And so I'd rather die after a while than live like this. Can you imagine that people in Christ are so fulfilled by their lives that they want to live. And they're not afraid to die. But they want to live. want to serve. Well, they can. And so the fulfillment in life comes from that. And Satan always pointing away, this will make you happy. That will make you happy. Try this, try that. Go on to college campuses. It's rampant. Anything to get you away from the kingdom where fulfillment is. Satan cleverly uses his ways, which is, as Jesus said, he was a liar from the beginning. He will tell you that you can have fulfillment in some other place, some other way. Just stay away from the God stuff. And you'll be fulfilled. Not so. Not so. And so beware of covetousness. Why? Because it creates an unhappy desire in you to be something that God didn't mean for you to be. He meant for you to be satisfied, fulfilled, happy in life, serving in His kingdom. That's where the pleasures of life and the joys of life come from. And I talked about my grandmother and what I remember most is <laughs> open, big open staircase in their big old house that they had. And I'd get up early because I'd like, sneak around. I couldn't sleep when I was little. All right. I didn't sleep when I was little. People say, "When did you start?" My whole life, I didn't sleep. I get up, little kid, sneak up, peek down the stairs, and there's grandma, all by herself, (laughs) clapping her hands and singing, satisfied and happy. Why? Because she's living what God wanted. Say, little tiny lady, what did she do? Well, she raised family. Serve God in our own way. Happy as can be. That is where fulfillment is. And so this question of covetousness is dealing with the idea of I'm not happy, I'm not fulfilled. And he's telling you, don't listen to that talk. Get it out of your head. You can be happy. You can be thrilled with life. You can be fulfilled. Make sure you get it lined up with what God originally created you to be. And when you're exactly what God created you to be, it's perfect. You're happy. Fulfilled in all that you have. So that's the end of the Ten Commandments. I hope they've been some help. Thank you.